Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. This is your host, Hobbs Q, and I'm bringing you today a solo episode. Um, just going to be just me and you. Um, we've uh, had a little bit of a decline in our recording schedule with kind of everything that's going on with work from home and COVID and just our own health, physical and mental. So today um, I just wanted to kind of record a quick episode so that we made sure that we have something out for everybody this week. And just because this topic is something that's kind of pretty personal to me. So without further ado, I'm going to jump us in by talking a little bit about uh, the Planeswalker, Angrath. So Angrath, who first shows up for us on Ixalan, is actually, if you look at his biography that is given to us by wizards, it's actually interesting because it talks about that in a cruel twist of fate, he kind of, a planeswalking mishap took him to Ixalan, where he was then trapped, unable to uh, planeswalk away due to the immortal sun. Now, this becomes kind of ironic in the sense that he gets pulled back to, um, later he gets pack, gets pulled using the um, interplanar beacon, he gets pulled to Ravnica and lured there. The reason that I'm bringing up Angrath is that Angrath is a father. And one of the things that happens is that Angrath, when he has been planeswalked in these ways and kind of that cruel twist of fate that initially happened when he came to Ixalan, literally gets pulled away from his family. Um, he's somebody that's kind of, we don't know a ton about yet in terms of kind of what led to his initial spark because we meet him when he finally first comes to Ixalan and then we get to see him get to return home, which is a great story. But there's been kind of speculation that it, it's kind of the sadness that his spark may be different. It wasn't necessarily the trauma, which we've talked about in kind of some of the previous ones, that it could have been passion or desire or just love. Um, maybe that kind of caused him to planeswalk and actually caused him to move away from his family, kind of that may be a tragedy that's associated with that. Um, but one of the things that we know is that he gets trapped on Ixalan, um, where he lives for 14 years. He gets uh, trapped there by the immortal sun, unable to kind of planeswalk away and kind of is able to finally, with the help of kind of, um, sorry, with the help of Watley and kind of being able to get the immortal sun. Well, the immortal sun gets taken away, which we know ends up being kind of uh, part of Bolas's later plan for War of the Spark. He is able to vanish and he returns home. There's a really nice story that was um, given to us on the mothership. Uh, it's in the from February 14th, kind of funny. It's Valentine's Day 2018 by Allison Lors uh, with some additional contributions by Greg Lubin, where we get a nice mini story that I just want to kind of highlight. Basically, Angrath returning home, and it says it looked just like he remembered. The road was dusty and broad, peppered here and there with the stores that had been in business longer than he had been alive. It was a sleepy sort of place, and Angrath was very happy very little had changed. A little plume of smoke was rising from his foundry. A hand-painted window on the outside read open in blocky lettering. The building was little more than a shack at the far end of town, but it had been his shack on the far end of town. Piles of iron and metal were stacked outside, and a number of items and weapons were hung on a rack, each tagged to mark which orders was which. Angrath's ears flicked as he heard the clang of metal and sizzle of water inside. He approached and his change clanked with each step he took. Angrath ducked slightly to avoid hitting his head on the doorway. He could still make out the bumps in the wood from every time he had forgotten and paused as he looked for the blacksmith at work. Two minotaurs glanced up from their anvils. They were tall like their mother had been. 
They wore bulky leather aprons, and their horns were adorned with the jewelry worn by unmarried women of their age. Their eyes went wide. The one on the right snorted in shock. The other's ears stood up in surprise. The one on the right sniffed the air and trembled with emotion. Father. Steam softly hissed when Angras' tears met his skin. He smiled. Rumi, Jamira, I'm home. So what we see in this kind of uh, almost coda to um, what had happened in Ixalan is that Angrath returns home. He had been a blacksmith um, in the town. Uh, when It's kind of funny because I did ask this question before I started Twitter today a little bit about do we know how he sparked? And I got a lot of really funny answers, everything from kind of the idea that he smashed his hand working on this forge because he was part of uh, – he was a blacksmith. And he returns home to find kind of the fact that his daughters have basically taken over the family business. They are now the ones running the blacksmithing shop, the the forge. Um, and this is kind of a moment of just pure emotion for him. Uh, kind of that idea that tears kind of have just met his skin. He smiles. This is Angrath returned home to be with his daughters and, and to be with his family. Um, and like I said, what we then know is that it, his, he gets pulled to Ravnica and gets trapped again. Now, from here, we don't actually know where Angra's story is going to go. We don't know what kind of is next for it. He was present for kind of the plain-wide celebration of getting rid of Bolas and getting him gone. And um, there's kind of this discussion among the Planeswalkers about what to do with the Immortal Sun, which Angrath is obviously in favor of just destroying because it's now trapped him twice. Uh, the rest of kind of some of the planeswalkers that are involved with this, people that kind of were part of the Gatewatch or that have now been kind of involved with the War of the Spark, uh, they veto this idea because they believe that it could help capture the planeswalkers who assisted Bolas. Um, one nice moment that he has towards the end of the War of the Spark, which is that he does have a conversation with Teo and tells the boy not to pity the dead because their suffering is over, but rather to pity the loved ones they left behind. Kind of really playing again back into that story that we kind of think of with Angrath, with kind of what he has gone through, what he has lost, what has happened to him, in that he keeps getting pulled away from this family, and in particular, his two daughters. So before we move on to what the topic of the day is going to be, I want to kind of share a little bit of what some of the other answers are that I got online when I asked, do we know how Angrath sparked? Because hilariously i think some people kind of not knowing why i was asking this question did at least hit on the fact that a lot of the answers were to do about his being a dad it was different elements of it so uh you know travis underscore l underscore m joked about the quarantining with all of his kids um we have aaron campbell who made a nice joke about maybe he stepped on a lego uh uh uh, at plaid clad saying big dad energy we even kind of had uh the great response from at pretty ugly art that says we don't know how he sparked but we do know that his first act as a planeswalker was to bring his daughters back toys from other dimensions because we know that this is kind of who angrath is known as he is known as a dad uh and i do think that it's awesome that we have a representation of a dad in magic and a dad that's rakdos really with that kind of passion behind it that fieriness and then seeing what being trapped away from his family kind of did to him on Ixalan and the fact that he's so overcome when he comes back to them I really think that there's interesting room for where we can go with Angrith in the future but where I wanted to use it for today's episode was to kind of talk about my own journey now that I am 15 months 
a, a father. I've been a father for 15 months at, at 40 years of age. Um, you know, I, I kind of think of it as this is, I thought this would be a good idea to kind of almost do a state of being an MTTG dad. Um, there's a whole community of dads out there that play the game. I even um, have a, we're doing a stream on Thursday. Uh, so if, under the, it's www.twitch.tv backslash whichever slash it is Hobbs Q um, I'm going to be streaming with other dads and I put out a call today for parents um, who play magic because I do think that there is an element that is changed with how I approach the game my relationship with the game my relationship with the community now that I am a father um, you know I you would always hear the kind of the stories about how your life can change and what's different about it and here we are 15 months after my daughter has been born and I've had to reevaluate multiple times how I'm going to engage with Magic the Gathering and what role it's going to have in my life because it is an important element or an important thing for me for my mental health and my well-being, which is something that I feel that I need in order to be there for my daughter. And at the same time, just the very nature of being a father for a toddler means that the ability to just play magic when I want to play magic is not there. Um, early on, you probably know that there were jokes about hearing Gwen in the background of a cast because trying to figure out childcare with a wife who's on call and works and then around a recording schedule around a toddler's nap time, just it's, it's unpredictable. It's, it's been me recording recently a deck tech trying to get it in real quick while she's asleep. I, in fact, I started this recording tonight while she was taking a rare afternoon nap, which she woke up from uh, about 10 minutes into the recording. And luckily, m my wife was still home before going to pick up our, our grocery order <laughs> during this quarantine and was able to kind of help. But, you know, it's trying to find these new things. But I mainly just wanted to use today to talk a little bit about what that means kind of being a father who plays magic and also just what it means for me to be a father um so i guess that's going to be what i'm going to spend the next kind of you know <laughs> we'll see how long we go but the rest of this episode talking about with you all um as many of you may know that is that becoming a father is something that has always been really important to me and something that it, i had almost given up on so uh those who have been in the community, <laughs> I was figuring this out the other day when I discovered EDH uh, deck lists and stuff that I had saved from 2010, and that's around the time that I joined Twitter, uh, right around the age of 31. So uh, I've always been kind of a, the dad of the Twitter community in some ways, or, or at least felt like there was a kind of a older element to what I have done, and, and it's only grown over the last 10 years. Anybody who knew me at that point knows that I was a very different person um, than I am now, I would say. I was not in as good a place in my life. I was in the middle of grad school. I was in a relationship that had gone on for eight years, and there was nothing that was horrible or bad about that relationship. It just was not a relationship that unfortunately was going to go the direction that I had wanted it to and had envisioned that it would at one point. And part of that was the idea of becoming a father, to be married, to have a family. I've always kind of had this weird, I don't, I'm not weird, but I've always had this notion of, of, of what a family is and what it means to have a family. 
uh, because I'm the product of a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old who had one kid and kind of are still together. You know, it warped my view at a young age when I'm now in college at 22 and stuff. And, you know, neither of my parents went to school. So I had this view that like, wow, am I going to have kids while I'm in college? And then, you know, I, I barely dated in college. It just wasn't where I was at that lifetime. And then I'm in grad school and I'm getting older. And then I lose the relationship or the relationship ends that I had been in for so long. And I'm now in my, you know, 30s, which it's not necessarily that that's old, but I was nowhere near this point. And in, in some ways, I think I'd almost given up the idea of that I was going to be a father. Um, I had kind of come to grips with that. I've come to terms with it. Um, I mean, and, and it's that weird thing, too, because it also meant other things is if if I'm not married with to somebody or that has siblings, I'm also never going to be an uncle because I'm an only child. So there was all this kind of beliefs about myself, the 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 beliefs that people had told me about what a great father they could see that I would be, um, how they could very easily imagine me being that I really had kind of started to give up on um, and really thought was not going to be an option. And and now it is. Now I am a father. I mean, that that changed. Everything changed within three short years, basically, of even moving to Minnesota. Um, I got married. I moved. I have a kid. I've had all of these changes, and almost none of them compare to the fact of having daughter, my daughter Gwen in my life. Um, I've always struggled with sleep. I've always struggled with anxiety, and initially those things just became even worse um, because now I'm worried about something that's that can't something someone a person that can't take care of themselves that that you can't reason with you know that it's not that I can take you know my dogs at least I can you know let them outside and let them run around and they're they're not going to get hurt or at least I'm not going to be worried that they're going to do something that they're going to fall down and you know hit their head to to the same degree um I mean it it really it was scary to me. I'm somebody that's always been scared of death and that concept. And now I felt like here I am. If I die, my daughter's not going to have a dad. She's not going to have that person in her life. And these things just weighed on me very, very heavily. And in the past, when things have weighed on me very, very heavily, my go-to is becoming lost in magic, um, whether that is in the lore or that is in just playing or building decks and I really wasn't able to just escape into that. Sure, I could maybe play some uh, MTGO at times or arena, but even then, I have to be cognizant of what my wife needs, what my daughter needs from me, and I can't just start a game and then tell my wife, well, you know, I'm really sorry. We're in the middle of this game of EDH. Yeah, I'll be done sometime between now and two hours from now. There, there just isn't that ability for me to just do um, even in the way that I could do when it was just me and my wife, who is very, very understanding and very encouraging of my magic and me playing and Magic the Gathering in general. I mean, the joke being that she said during her wedding vows, which I had not seen beforehand, that she would never throw away my magic cards. I mean, she has been supportive of this cast. So, there, you know, of everything, just 
making sure even asking me if I'm playing. She loves the magic community, even though she doesn't play herself. She talks about how great it was having people here at our barbecue in Minneapolis, getting to meet them. She remembers information about like all the magic players that she has met. Um, and especially with our Minnesota and Minneapolis community is very aware of kind of who everybody is. So I have that support, but I also don't just have the same ability that I could not do or that I could do before to just play, to just start a game at any point and not have to worry about it. And I had to start recognizing that that's okay. Uh, my priorities in some way had changed. Um, what's funny is by doing this cast, I've kind of allowed myself to have an outlet that we've been working on keeping regular and consistent. And as many of you know, that's been one of the things when we've come back that's been important to us is putting out consistent episodes again and to get that routine going because I can now start to arrange things that she does have at least a regular bedtime. So maybe I'm going to sacrifice a little bit more of my sleep so that I have an element of the Magic the Gathering community. Now, this is all talking in the first 15 months of her life. This is not even getting into the fact that I don't know what it'll mean in a year or two, because what I would love to have happen, I would love the idea that I'm going to teach my daughter to play magic. I always had that idea that I would teach a child or my child to play. Um, I've already looked at people like uh, the Booze Cube or um, looking at Dana Fisher's parents and what they've done to see how they're introducing the game and kind of how to teach it to kids, um, how to make it accessible to them. I love this idea, but I just, I don't know. There's a part of me that realizes that maybe she's not interested in this, which is, would be very, very difficult on me, I think, and very hard on me because this is game has been so important to me and given so much to me and allowed me to be this. That might not be the direction that she goes to. So my priorities in, in everything have kind of changed and I've had to find what is important and the, what's important about magic right now to me is the community and this stay-at-home order actually now that i am spending more time at home and being with my daughter and my wife and also having this weird period of is it free time is it not to spend with all of you i am throwing myself back into the community in a lot of ways that is important to me to kind of be talking about this and to be having these discussions about what does it mean to be a parent that plays magic or a parent that is engaged in magic. Um, I say play because that's only one way that we do have to engage in our community. There's lots of other ways. Uh, and those have been my modes for the last six months or so has been a lot less play. What's funny is my ability to play has actually <laughs> increased due to the coronavirus and the quarantine and the self um, social distancing and all of that. But the lore, the podcast, the people online that are a big part of it have been what have allowed me to have a community to reach out to. Uh, there have been other dads that have paved the way for me to make it possible for me to have somebody to reach out to. When they knew I was going to have a child, I had magic players reach out to me to offer advice, to offer kind of suggestions, just to be kind of a sounding board, knowing that I was going to need that, to talk about the differences and what their relationship was with the game during this time and when they kind of, uh, you know, how they did it. I'm very fortunate in that there are a lot of dads in the Minneapolis community. So 
we've had to get we've gotten clever even before I had Gwen we would find ways to do a cube event and do it at a very specific time when we knew dads might be able to get away for a couple of hours to come cube um, and we do it once so it might happen once a month but that was still them being able to get away and to be able to do it and I realize now that I'm going to need that and I, I'm going to want that to be there but also what have I learned from this game in this community that I'm going to be able to use hopefully to be a good father? I'm it, the joke being that you don't get an instruction manual and I'm the type of person that tried to read books and do all this stuff, but I'm still just raising a child with a very supportive wife that both of us, you know, we're learning. We're, we're older. I mean, I'm part of what was difficult for me. And this is where I really feel like I kind of connect with the Angrith story. Not that I'm being taken away from Gwen for these long periods of time, but the fact that he was gone for 14 years, he comes back, he's taken away again. My fears when it comes to things like death is just even knowing that unlike my parents who had me at a very young age and are still alive and still young grandparents, I'm probably not going to have that same relationship or have that same ability given that I am 40. So even if I, I live in great shape until my 80s. You know, that gets me to Gwen being 40. I don't know how much time I'll get to have with a, a grandchild or I won't be able to do maybe some of the things that my parents are able to or even Jen's parents are able to do with Gwen. And that it's very saddening to me and it makes me kind of think of that idea that, you know, Angra trying to find his freedom and get back to them. I know it's not the same given that he was taken away during their lifetime. But I think it just is that idea that he realizes that he is trying to always get back to his family and that it really is not it, – it's it's just a hard concept to really kind of discuss. This is something that's very difficult for me to even engage with or discuss because this is a difficult area for me, um, which is dealing with my own, immor my own more mortality, I guess, uh, versus maybe a planeswalker in some ways. But this – idea that he is very clear and very kind of sympathetic to Teo to kind of d discuss this idea to not pity the dead for their suffering is over, but rather to pity the loved ones they left behind. And it just makes me feel that I could be filled with pity. Um, this is rambling and I understand that. And it's just because this is a topic that is kind of new for me to really be thinking about, but this is one of the first times I've actually put down into words what being a dad means for me at this point. Um, I'm, I'm trying to spend time engaging with my daughter. I'm learning about how she sees the world at 15 months and admitting that there are still difficult times because it's not like a 15-month-old I can just – there's it's, it's like an in-between area. It's not like I can just put her down for a nap and then I can do some stuff for my own time. She's also not old enough to just go play on her own. And there are days that it does feel exhausting. And there's days that it feels very tough. And there's days that I have to continually reevaluate and analyze what is my relationship with family, what is my relationship socially, and what is my relationship with Magic the Gathering and the community, um, who I lean on for support. And I have to always be mindful of the fact that it's not pulling me away from the other things that are important to me and my values. And what's great about this is it's it's not an all or none situation. So our last episode was on those cognitive biases that I still have to um, 
cope with and I have to still prepare for and be aware of. But this isn't an all or none situation. It is a situation of kind of priorities and values and where I see those being and and how those may shift given the coming years. I could end up with a daughter who loves to play magic and is, um, you know, as into the game as I am in considering I didn't start in my 20s, but, you know, I have a wealth of knowledge that I can share her and I can teach her. And maybe we're going to game stores and I get to have that great relationship of those parents playing two-headed giant at a pre-release with their child. And she maybe wants to get into cosplay. I mean, this is a nerdy family and... <laughs> I mean, she could rebel completely against Jen and I, but she's going to probably be around a lot of fantasy and sci-fi stuff just by the very nature of who Jen and I are. And that could be great. That could be just wonderful and everything that I would hope for and maybe my wildest dreams in terms of my vision. And I also have to be aware of the fact is none of that might happen. Um, people and children, no matter what their environment is, they do also are going to be exposed to other things. She's going to meet people at school. She's going to, you know, it's not like this is a controlled environment where, you know, she's going to turn out a certain way just because I ask her to be or I'm dad shows interest in something. Like, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Maybe she will. And I'll be ready to teach her. But I also have to wonder about what it means if she's not interested in those things. And then what happens to me in this hobby and where does it fit into my life at a point where I don't, I have an even less time or it really is that I need, I want to be engaged in what my child is engaged in. And so I would say that thinking back to this first year, what I've kind of learned is that I am so thankful to have a community of magic players who have gone through this, that are kind of there as guidance for me and that I can reach out for during that first, I mean, during these times, um, I would not have had the support network of parents m during going through similar things as me without Magic the Gathering. And that is just kind of a cool thing to realize. Uh, without Twitter and everybody that I have met, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't have a ton of other friends outside the Magic community that are my age or have kids around the same age as Gwen. I get that by being involved with this community. So without it, I don't have that resource. Um, I have my escape and that I can come to the podcast and I can really have the support to kind of keep putting this stuff out there, which is an outlet for me, even if I can't sit down and record. Um, what's kind of cool is I'm working on kind of getting maybe a more regular game of my stream. So one of the things I've been able to do during this period is to be streaming during um, after Gwen's gone to bed, obviously, but uh, during this kind of the quarantine i've been able to stream more and i'm trying to get a regular stream night going and one thing that i set out to do today is to start getting together a group of parents that play edh together so that we can record and maybe actually just have good conversations on that stream about our kids about what we're going to do um because that's the gathering piece that's the social piece that's the piece that is the most important at the end of the day to me is those social connections that I am building as a parent to have others around me that I feel that are going to understand where I'm coming from, even though we all have our own experiences and everybody's is unique. They're still going to have at least some idea of what I'm going through. 
And I kind of love this idea of maybe trying to get them together to be playing magic on a regular basis to have these conversations because it's a fun place to do it over a tabletop where we also have the game there right in front of us. So that's kind of the the main points that I want to talk about today. One of the things that uh, I wanted to bring up is that the project I'm working on right now that I am I'm not going to have ready for this Thursday's first time of doing the parents playing MTG is a Sir Gwyn deck. So uh, when Gwen was being born and the decks came out, I was able to pick up the Brawl deck and I have not actually gotten to build it, but I did build this deck for my daughter because the other Gwendolyn within Magic is not appropriate artwork if she decides that she wants to play and have this deck together. Uh, <laughs> you can go check it out if you don't believe me, um, but it is from the original uh, Legends set and it is a little scandalous and probably not where I would use to be for um, an introduction to the game for my daughter. Uh, but I am building this deck based on kind of around the character of Gwen, uh, around the other knights. And so that is the project that I'm working on to kind of try to honor my daughter in this way. And hopefully maybe that could be a way for me to eventually someday tell her like, hey, this is a community that was so important to me when you were just starting out in this world. And they are a community that has always been there for me. And I'm hoping that maybe someday that this community is going to continue to grow and not fade away. Um, 25 plus years strong of magic is impressive for any game. And to just see the connections that that has built over those years. And to see just the fact that I am on a social media site for 10 years, seeing changes in magic. I hope that that's still there for my daughter when we get to that point. So that's basically the kind of the show for today, a little bit of a, a shorter one, just cause it's me kind of by myself and, I don't think I could talk much longer, <laughs> but I really do appreciate anybody who's kind of listening today, kind of the, uh, sat through all of this. Um, just kind of leaving you with that. Uh, yeah, Angrith is who we kind of use as our kicking off point. There are are plenty of other um, dads within Magic. Um, we do know for a fact that, you know, like Teferi is a father. We have um, Kieran Nalar. Uh, I joked when I was looking with, um, I was joked when I talked to Joe, who used to be one of the hosts on here, who was helping me come up with some ideas that maybe I would not choose Urza because I feel like that's a really bad role model. And he also mentioned the Markov patriarchs are probably not a good example either. So <laughs> there is this kind of in magic, but Angreth really just felt like such a great starting off point for this conversation. And I thank you for taking the time to spend it with me today.